Hello, I'm Roger Bisbee from the Skill Builder channel, and today we're going to be talking about head protection, which really mostly means hard hats. And we're joined by Russell Peters, who is from one of the leading hard hat manufacturers. They make quite a bit of safety equipment, and that is MSA. So, hello, Russell. How are you doing? Good morning. Yeah, thank you very much. Pleasure being part of this podcast. We did carried out a bit of research uh, on Skill Builder into why don't people wear hard hats more than they do. Our research was quite revealing, really, in many ways. Obviously, a hard hat is a very, very important part of the, the PPE, if you like. Unless people are forced to wear it, a lot of people would rather just hang it on a scaffold pole. I'm not even going to preach from a superior point of view here because... We have videos out there. We've got Sam, he's a great guy, does a good job, but he doesn't wear anything. He doesn't wear ear protection, he doesn't wear eye protection, he doesn't wear hard hat. So what our research told us is that people don't wear it because let's deal with one thing, they think it's uncomfortable. Often the cases with, with head protection is, from a procurement point of view, it's often seen as a commodity. The selection of your hard hat is not based on the application itself, what we're actually trying to achieve through it. It's given because it's a compliance issue because that's what the HSE says we've got to do that's what we're going to do there's a, a number of things that need to be looked at to ensure that the wearer is actually going to use the hard hat and usually from the user's perception is the comfort a lot of people do not wear their hard hats because it's uncomfortable it may be that the inner liner doesn't have the sufficient sweat absorption properties or may not be easy to clean after use or it just may simply not be sitting on the head properly maybe off balance in a few minutes of wearing the hard hat, the person suffering from a few pressure point discomfort issues, or it may be too hot to wear that helmet. It simply comes down to selecting the right hard hat for the right application, taking the risk assessment into consideration. The selection process needs to also involve the users themselves. It shouldn't simply be handed out and there you go, there's your helmet. It should be done on a consultancy basis. Let the users become part of the decision-making process. I think there's a, a lot of people that would be quite surprised. I mean, I'm talking about experienced tradespeople who'd be quite surprised to know that there are so many different hard hats out there. I think a lot of them would just say, like you said, commodity. They just say, oh, hard hats are hard hats, surely. You've got a big range. I've actually got one. I know this is a podcast. People can't see it, but I've got one here. The immediate features that I would say is it's ventilated. It's got a peak and it's got a sweatband and it's got a good adjustment. If I picked that up, I think, oh, that was the Rolls Royce of hard hats at the other end you've got ones which are difficult to adjust have no ventilation just very very cheap throwaway hard hats yeah correct that helmet just by the way that you hold up is called the msa v-guard 500 i knew that <laughs> everyone does um, with the fast track three liner which is our premium liner what you have over there is a premium hard hat it's made out of a material called abs which gives it a longer shelf life and longer life as a whole to be used. Very nice. And I can see you took the time to get it. Yeah. As I say, this is basically radio, so it's not going to work for a lot of people. But And actually, I've got to say, I can't have my headphones on at the same time. So that's a good point to mention the fact you do do one with ear defender attachments as well, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we, we do a full range of approved accessories also. Depending, once again, on application, do you require ear defenders? What level of hearing protection do you need? Will you be mm. grinding, welding? Are there chemicals spraying up at you? 
So, so there's a whole variety of accessories available also for these helmets specific to the risk and application. Do you supply a, a set of ear defenders specifically for your hard hat? The, the way it works is it's based on certifications. In order to be able to use an ear defender with a hard hat, they need to be certified as a complete unit. So MSA does their own range of hearing def or ear defenders that fit onto the helmet. Yeah. And um, once again, depending on the noise levels that you're being exposed to, there may be other approved ear defenders that fit to the helmet, but always make sure that you check with the manufacturer, either of the ear defenders or the helmet to ensure that these products are compatible. I mean, all these things, as I say, I discover them bit by bit, but I, I, I'm going to just take this hat off for a second. So inside the hat is a very thick instruction booklet no doubt in 10 languages that i can't read most people let's let's be honest would most what would most people do with an instruction booklet when they picked up a hard hat that's one of the issues is i'm not sure if any research has actually been done on this but has anyone found out how many people actually read that leaflet you'll probably not be surprised to find out very few people read that so they simply take the helmet out of the bag and the leaflet out the bag and simply throw the leaflet away and that contains very important information as we've been discussing with regards to correct usage correct storage instructions the life of the helmet itself and the do's and don'ts i mean when i look at it, it, it in the first instance right in the in the beginning here there's a there's a whole load of diagrams you know you don't even need to be able to read you can follow the diagrams quite happily and they show you how to fit it on your head and a quite I've got to admit, straight away, looking at it, I've learned something about this this idea that you just squeeze it. I'd always just turn the knob around to do it, but you actually can just squeeze the thing together to, to close it up to what you call a comfortable level. And then... That information would be pertaining probably to our push key in a liner. So we do two yeah. types of liners for the helmet. The premium one is what you've got in front of you, which is the one with the ratchet wheel. And That's then right. you do a slightly lower end version and cheaper version, actually, which is a push key, which you simply push together. Okay, I see. Sorry, I've got it at the top here. It says push key and the other one says fast track three. Yeah, That's right. So that point about wearing hoodies under hard hats, I see guys wearing hoodies over the top of hard hats. And obviously, you know, you're up on a roof, the wind's blowing, you do what you can. But I noticed, well, some years ago, I got hold of one of your your approved liners, which I've got to say in itself is a nice bit of headgear. I often wear it when I go to watch my grandchildren wear, uh, playing football in the winter. You know, it's a it's a great it's a great thing to keep you warm, you know, around your ears and around the back of your neck, anyway, isn't it? But that is actually specifically made and tested to go into your hard hat, right? Correct. So yeah, you, you get a range of winter accessories, depending obviously the conditions you're going to be working in. So for example, yeah, we do the, the standard winter type accessories. You do slightly longer ones that will also sort of come lower down and provide some warmth to your neck. Then you'd also get the guys working in areas that require flame retardant properties where we'd also go yeah. flame retardant in a liner. Just to go on from that, it's mm. not only in winter, we also do a range of cooling accessories that would fit inside the, the helmet. Special materials that absorb water. So you'd simply soak it in water, it absorbs it, and it keeps it cool throughout oh, the right. day. You, you've got a cool head. So what, you just take your liner, as it were, and you put it in, you dip it in a bucket of water or whatever, 
and that fills it up with water and then whack it on. Yeah, is that? As simple as that. And it evaporates, obviously. And as it evaporates, it's, it's evaporate cool, cooling. Forces the cool. Yeah. Wow, that's that's clever. I think I'll get one of those. I mean, it might only be about three days left of the summer, but it'll uh, tell you. Yeah, I don't know if it would reach you by tomorrow. That's the trouble, of course, with doing anything weather-specific, isn't it? But, yeah, I mean, I think actually in the UK, being prepared for all eventualities, you know, one day it can be really hot, the next day it can be sleet, so you never know. But, yeah, I, I mean... There's a lot to go out there, isn't there, if you're starting to look at hard hats. But the other thing that I've seen, obviously you do one with a harness, one with a strap, as it were. The harness is a bit inside, actually, isn't it? So I should call it a chin strap. It's the chin other strap, bit. that's right. And a lot of those haven't got peaks. So is that for scaffolders generally? or Yes, for scaffolding and people working at heights, the, the peakless designs are great because it gives you a, a better field of vision when looking up. Also, what they find is a lot of injuries occur when walking in low-down places with low roofs, um, walking through tunnels, confined spaces, and so on. A lot of injuries are actually caused by people not seeing how high the, the ceiling is from their head, looking up and injuring their neck or their head. So this just gives that larger field of vision. Hmm. Obviously, when working outdoors in the sun, you'd opt for a peak version because that does give you a bit more protection from sun and glare. Yeah. Well, I, the one thing I found, because I do quite a lot of filming and uh, used to do quite a lot of photography as well out on building sites, and I found that peakless version with the strap was great because when I went to look through the viewfinder of the camera, having the peak there, I could never get my eye to the viewfinder. So I found that good. And, and having the chin strap was also great because obviously you're leaning over and things like that and it, it would drop off. So that, that was good. But I used to get quite a few people taking the mickey out of me with it, going, oh, where are you going? Climb Mount Everest. You know, there's there's a, a fair amount. I mean, we love the, the banter on building sites and all the rest of it, but there is a, an element of that, you know, with people that – they get the mickey taken out of them for wearing PPE. You know, there's a, a macho attitude, isn't there, on some sites? Yeah, very much so. We, we see a lot of that. Um, and just going back to the subject of the chin straps, hmm. it's becoming more and more popular now because they are specifically designed to work inside the hat. They're becoming more comfortable. Hmm. Yes, it reduces the risk of when the person does take an impact that the helmet doesn't come off. But these are also a specifically engineered accessory with a specific breaking point also. Ah. Um, and because of that, well, what that basically does is it prevents the risk of strangulation. Mm. If, you are, if you are in a bad situation and you may be hooked by your helmet, your helmet might simply have slipped off the back of your head. There's a risk of strangulation. So these specific chin straps are designed to break at a certain um, amount of pressure. All oh, right. So do they actually break or do they just pull out of the hard hat or what? It depends which versions you get. You get certain versions that will simply break. So it's the mm -hmm. hooks that are attaching to the shell of the helmet. Those hooks might have a breaking point or it may simply have a very smart um, clip device that pulls will disengage, yeah. which later on you may be able to just re-engage. 
Yeah, that's interesting. I didn't know that. And uh, I, I must admit, I looked at them sometimes. I thought well, they're kind of hooked in the helmet, but I'd never thought of it as being a deliberate releasing mechanism. But uh, that makes a lot of sense. That idea, I mean, I have had situations where I've leant over something and my hard hat has fallen off and almost hit the bloke below me. So having the chin strap, uh, yeah, I can see that makes perfect sense. And of course, you're not bothered. You strap it up and then you, you haven't got to worry about it after that, have you? I think it'd be great if we got to the point where, you know, when sometimes when when I'm wearing my glasses and I'm thinking, where are my glasses? Where are they gone? And then I think, oh, they're on my head, you know. Um, it would be great if you got to that situation with a hard hat where you went, where's my hard hat? Oh, I'm wearing it, you know, and you don't know. So um, I think that would be the sort of holy grail, if you like, in terms of manufacturing. I mean, they're fairly lightweight already, aren't they, hard hat? There's probably not a lot you can do about that. But some people do complain about getting headaches when they've been wearing hard hats for a while. So is that just them or is that a hard hat? What you find is a big cause of these headaches may be due to people over-tightening the liner or the inner harness. And that may be because the harness is not designed well enough to fit the person's okay. head properly. So you tend to over tighten it. So that might be a, a big cause of that. But another one may simply be due to the balance of the hard hat. Ideally, you want the hard hat to sit as close to the head as possible, but allowing sufficient gap between the harness and the shell in case an impact had to occur. You need to be able to tighten it correctly and comfortably. And also, if you look at the design of that fast track liner, that yeah. specific design over there at the back, which drops down like that, is designed to fit underneath the cranium. It's all sort of designed to be comfortable and well-balanced. It shouldn't feel when you're leaning forward and in downward positions that your helmet's going to fall off. Once again, don't over-tighten. It's not necessary. Now, I can see you've got a kind of spring mechanism in the back, which obviously, you know, you're not tightening hard against the, the cranium. That spring mechanism is taking, it's got a bit, little bit of give in it, hasn't it? Obviously, yeah, to just, like you say, to maybe kind of self-adjust. But if you're sweating a lot um, at the back of your head, we've built that little part over there to allow a bit of air ventilation between the back plastic part and the part that actually sits on your head. We've got ventilation going up the back. We've got ventilation through the top. The sweat band at the front is also, there's a gap between that and the actual hat as well, isn't there? So, so we should be getting a good airflow through there. Two things, right. First of all, I noticed that in the hard hat, it says size and it gives a size range. Now I thought there was one size. It says 52 to 64 centimeters, which uh, I've got a big head. And so it was probably working at its limit with me. Do you do a smaller or a larger one than that or not? Or is that it? To be quite honest, the medium fits the majority of people, but we have actually been called in to solve problems where people do have not necessarily big heads, but also different hairstyles. And now with, with many female people now coming into the, the hard hat wearer demographics here in the UK, there's people from all over the world over here of different shapes and sizes, and you need to be able to accommodate. And I must say from MSA's side, we do a very good job at that. And we, we've helped a lot of people. So you're a global company anyway, aren't you? So you're selling you're selling your hats into a lot of different markets around the world anyway. So if you're selling it into a country where they, they have smaller heads, let's not mention any names here. Let's not offend anybody, but you may well find that those hats are mainly what you're selling are mainly the smaller ones. Yeah, yeah and, and it's so. not about offending anyone. In, if anything, people appreciate the fact 
that you are a global company and that you can satisfy their needs. Oh, just I'm so sensitive about people saying, who are you calling a big head, mate? You know, so <laughs> <laughs> we get them. We definitely get the comments, which is always a good thing. The other thing that I wanted to talk to you about, which uh, we must cover, is uh, falls from heights because obviously that's a massive one. Now, I think that a hard hat with a chin strap, I mean, this is just me thinking instinctively, if you like, that a hard hat with a chin strap is going to be better if you fall from a ladder, say. Do they actually give you much protection when you fall from heights or not? It depends on the hard hat you choose. This comes down to the standards, the testing standards. You do specifically get helmets that are made to be used at heights. In those cases, you'll find a lot of protection on the side of the helmet for lateral protection. Okay. Whereas your standard type helmet that you've got in front of you now um, complies to the EN397, which is your industrial helmet, which is really tested against taking impact from above. Okay. You know, so yeah. falling objects. So no, your, your standard hard hat is not going to protect you. If, if, for example, you're falling and you've fallen and bumped your head, it's not for that. It will offer you minimal protection, but that's not what it's designed to. If you're working at heights, you tend to go for a helmet that's designed, engineered, and certified to be used at heights. And yes, those will provide okay. the protection required if you have to fall over or if you've fallen and you're hanging in your harness and you may mm. bump your head on the scaffolding. It's an interesting one, that, because a lot of people that fall from heights, I mean, I've spoken about it before, but a guy I was working with fell from a very low height, just a little flat roof. The ladder slipped on the gutter. He fell no distance at all, you know, and just hit his head on the concrete and died because of internal bleed. Everybody thinks, okay, when you fall from heights, it's going to be a big one if it's to do you any harm, you know, but very often it's these low-level falls, and in those cases most of the problems are from from head injury aren't they from just people whacking their head on the concrete or a brick or whatever correct and it's not always on the ground it's on the way down you may whack your head on the ladder as you fall yeah. down the person may well be wearing the correct fall protection but also not taking into consideration that you're going to be swinging like a pendulum and whatever yeah. other hazards are in the way you're going to hit yourself on it yeah there's no good way to fall i don't think I, we did some tests years ago we were deliberately falling off ladders and so on you know on a harness and it's quite surprising how how much of a jerk you take by the end of the day i'd been wearing this harness and we we're simulating all kinds of scenarios and uh, by the end of the day i did feel a bit battered and bruised even though i was in the harness you know just from whacking myself on the side of buildings and things like that you've got to be robust to get away with that but the other thing that we found of course is that a lot of injuries were from somebody falls off a ladder and then the ladder falls on them. One of the big problems with accident investigation is that they can't ask the guy what happened because he said, well, one minute I was working up there, the next minute I was on the ground. And that little bit in between is completely lost to him. So unless somebody else is watching or you've got cameras on the site, yeah, you know, so I mentioned my uh, the guy I was working with earlier and we actually had security cameras around the site. We could just watch what he did and how he did it, you know, and... Uh, it's quite, quite revealing, really, to see those bits of real-life footage. If you and like. the thing is, it happens, as you say, so fast within a split second. And yeah. you've hit the ground or you've, you've hit an object. And, yeah, as you say, you just there's no recollection. Anyway, it's not a fun thing. And we started out the, the conversation by saying, or I was saying that, you know, most people want to go home at the end of the day. But I would say that without wishing to – I don't like this, you know, this – yeah, scaremongering 
type of thing, you know, instilling fear into people all the time. But I think that a lot of people go, oh, I don't like wearing a hard hat. It doesn't worry me. Why shouldn't I be allowed to do what I want? It's my risk. And I say to them, well, it is, except for the person that's got to spoon feed you for the rest of your life. And I, I worked, uh, did some work for Spinal Injuries uh, Charity some time ago and talking to some of the guys there and there was one mother whose son, he was only 20 and he fell through a roof, a corrugated asbestos roof and um, hit his head on the ground and that was him. He was paralysed from the neck down. So every day of her life, suddenly her life changed, you know, and that's her for every day for the rest of her life looking after this this son of hers, you know, that she loved dearly. And, um, you know, what a what a prison sentence for her as well. Now, I'm not saying in that case that if he'd been wearing a hard hat, it would have stopped anything, but any kind of, you know, safety device that you put in place is obviously not only for you, but it's for your family. That's the, that's the important message for me. That's what we preach on a day-to-day basis at MSA is that, yeah, you, you go to work and you are to return from work in the same, in the same health as yeah. you were that you went to work. So, Russell, I've got this lovely uh, hard hat in front of me, which has got the Skill Builder logo on it. I believe that's something you supply, isn't it, for larger companies? Yeah, that's correct. Um, yeah, not, not only larger companies, but smaller companies too. And what we find is it's really important um, not only to have the company logo in front, what a lot of companies also will do on the sides and back of helmets, put, put safety messages it also helps workers to identify each other's positions and responsibilities. You are able to identify your own colleagues amongst other colleagues when working on larger sites where there's a number of different contractors. And also it creates a feeling of, of unity amongst workers and also a sense of teamwork and pride um, to have your company's logo in front. Hmm. And I thought it was just a logo. There you go. So the other thing I'd say is that it's uh, it comes in a polythene bag. It looks pretty nice when you get it out. But I, I, just tell me about some of the adaptations that you've seen to the hat. In the because some people have to adapt everything, don't they? They can't ever take anything and just wear it. They've got to do a little bit of personalization on it. So what have you seen that is interesting in that? Yeah. Um, so yeah, my, my background just by the way, I've been doing this for 20 years and I've done a lot of work all over the world actually on head protection. And you ah. see some crazy things I've seen where people have received a helmet where their, their procurement team haven't ordered ventilated helmets and they want a vented helmet where they <laughs> simply take their drill out and they've drilled holes into the helmet for ventilation. And they're very proud to say that it works. Obviously, that's not good practice because you're, you're damaging the, the structure of the helmet and the integrity. I've seen people storing their sandwiches inside the shell. Yeah, as we've discussed before, people don't wear the correct accessories. They'll just wear their, their own sort of woolly hat inside or their hoodies inside or outside. So, yeah, you see some crazy, crazy things. Um, some, some really poor practice um examples would also be um people spray painting their helmets yeah yeah spraying them in the color of their football team or <laughs> or their favorite color or they like to make them look all rainbow colors um i've seen people putting stickers on which is obviously not right if they're not approved stickers because there may be chemicals um you know in the adhesives yeah may may also deteriorate the 
the quality of the, the shell. So solvents, basically things like that, could attack the plastic, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. So so what you're saying is um don't adapt the helmet, get the right one in the first place. So what would you ask if you go in to buy a hard hat from a from a, a store? Um what would you what would what conversation would you have with them you're going in you have to tell them what trade you are so i suppose do you what trade you are and what risks are involved you know are you working from heights are you only going to be working from the ground are you working in very hot conditions cold conditions with with right. the correct risk assessment um it's it's way easier for the person who will be providing advice will be able to help you correctly if anything call up msa will gladly assist you in selecting the correct audit that's probably to me is the best way to go really because not wishing to denigrate anybody that works in stores and so on but a lot of the time they haven't actually got that level of expertise there you know they just go well i don't know just a hard hat mate but going to the manufacturer have you got a, a website or something that will give people guidance on this or is it a conversation every time there's a wealth of knowledge on our website yeah. on head protection but also feel free to contact msa there is a, a question section on our website we've also got a number of msa employees around the uk that will gladly come to your site and assist you in making the correct um, decision well look, it's been great talking to you there's a company we know well and msa and let's hope you go from strength to strength business is booming you've got hs2 and all sorts of things going on haven't you plenty big projects going on around plenty here to be protected and we're, we're here to help wherever we can roger thank you very much for having us here and the time to discuss um, much appreciated so if it's something you didn't catch in our conversation, you can check it out if you go to the Skill Builder website forward slash MSA and all the details are there.